You're listening to a podcast produced by Kayama Community Radio. Welcome to our Mayor, Neil Riley. Thank you. How are you this morning? Look, I'm, I'm, I'm fabulous. Uh, I went down for my uh, early morning swim, which is a, a, a resumption of, of normality, mm. uh, to my happy place, the little rock pool, and uh, just uh, saw all the... Uh, you know, all, the, all my, my friends down there, a lot of people, odd yeah. octopus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, I, I, feel, uh, I feel very much uh, very much back to normal. Glorious, glorious. So this morning we're going to chat about the environment. Yes, I think. yes. And, uh, and uh, you have chosen this as our talking point this morning. Well, I think that we've been focusing so much on, on you know, infrastructure, Blue Haven, yep. finances and so on. And we can't forget that, uh, you know, no matter what happens, uh, we all have to live here and try and be healthy as we can. And uh, I think uh, I think it's about time we had a bit of a chat about it. Yeah. So um, State of the Environment reports, I had a look at those, and they go as far as 2016. Yes, I think the State of the Environment th- reports <laughs> needs a report. The reports need a report. So is that going to be happening? Look, uh, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. Uh, mm. I mean, these things, you, you don't just do them because they have to be done. You do them because they become a template for future actions. Yeah. And, we look, we've been so heavily focused on, on other things that, uh, I mean, we, we really need to have a heavy concentration on the environment we are facing another El Nino, which is a, mm. a, a, a dry summer. Yeah, uh, and uh, th- that uh, that brings with it, um, you know, all sorts of problems. That in itself uh, precipitates climate change. Uh, it uh, it means that uh, uh, bushfires are more likely. Uh, it means you know things like shade become. Very, very important, particularly uh, in our urban areas. Uh, and I mean, we're lucky. We've 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 got a lot of shade. I was uh, I was up at uh, Chatswood the other day, and uh, by gosh, even though they've got the big buildings and all that sort of stuff in the uh, in the residential areas, there's there's just not the shade. Yeah. They call it the leafy <laughs> northern suburbs. It's mm. nowhere near as good as we've got. But it doesn't it it. It doesn't just happen. It has to be maintained. And the federal government has helped fund a new app, haven't they, Uh, to prepare our homes for the threat of bushfires. I think it was launched. Was it launched last week? It was launched last week, and it's a a good thing. Um, We can't get the message out more strongly than we we are at the moment, and we really are pushing on on the notion of an ounce of... Preparation uh, is worth mm. a pound of cure. Uh, if if we get in and get in early, I mean, simple things we can do around our own home. We can keep the ladder, the gutters uh, free of leaves. Mm. Uh, we can make sure that there's not too much ground cover around. Uh, uh, trees that are uh, uh, sort of you know dying off, we'll give them a bit of a trim. Uh, I, I encourage people to to do that, and I think that uh, people are sensible about that. Uh, it, 795 homes in the Shoalhaven were lost in the 2019-20 bushfires. Yes. 
That's a lot of homes lost, isn't it? Look, it's it's a lot of homes, and and look along with those homes as vast treks of um, uh, habitat, uh, bushland, yeah. and that sort of stuff. And it's uh, it's it's a tragedy. And it is going to be a very very hot summer. We're going to have to face that. We're going to have to face the reality that uh, you know with with global warming and uh, and uh, climate change, we're going to have m- many more. Um, and many more intense seasonal weather events, catastrophic mm. weather events. And look, I don't, I don't want to frighten people, but the reality is that we'll get more of them. We'll get more um, intense dry periods, and then when you have those intense dry periods, with the uh, combination of uh, El Nino, it creates winds that will gust it at speeds we haven't mm. seen before. So are we? Are you going to um, provide Kayama with, or promote within Kayama to us to encourage the use of the of the bushfire resilience rating app? Look, we we, we are, and uh, uh, we're doing it now. Yeah, we <laughs> as, are. As, as we very speak. As we speak. Yes. But uh, the 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 other thing is that people need to talk about this. Talk about it to their friends because word of mouth is very very powerful. Um, you know, have you got a plan? What mm. what happens if all goes? Have a look around your house. See see what's uh, a vulnerable area. Uh, it's it's looking out for the pets. Mm. It's looking out for your kids. Uh, so if, should we promote this on KCR? Should we inform residents about look, what, I, what I, it is and and how to access it? And I think as a community radio, uh, we have. Um, and I say we, I feel part of this organisation. We are, yeah. Uh, we, we have an obligation. It's not just uh, a duty that we have to perform. It's mm. an obligation that we owe mm. to the community to make sure that we do what we can to protect our community. And uh, I think it's important that we, that pre-communication, you know, let's, let's, let's get ourselves ready for it. Let's, mm. let's, let's do what we can do. Don't, don't, I don't want to scare people, as I said, but... If people aren't prepared, this is what happens. You know those mm. houses in the uh, in the Shoalhaven. Uh, look, in in some cases, no matter what you did down there, mm. it was going to be a, a a disaster. But it can be a disaster where you might lose stuff. But if you do a little bit of preparation, you might not lose people. I wonder if we have any local residents that participated in that trial of the of the app. Uh, look, I'm not aware if of it. We any. have. Uh, I, that I'm would be interesting to see. What they... I, I, look, I've got a, a meeting with our comms people uh, today, mm. and uh, I, I'm going to make this kind of the focus of my uh, my bugle piece. And uh, Great. Uh, I'm going to make uh, uh, see what we can do to promote it through our uh, our normal means of, of, of promotion. Now, what we do is we have little little things and it's more of a nudge than a than a mm. shove but we put uh, little blocks on the bottom of our emails and we send out thousands of emails and if we can say here's the app here's where you get it that that would be a, a very positive message we'll put it in the communico um, publication that we have uh we'll do it here yeah um and and i'll do what i can do uh i i as the mayor, I have a lot of opportunities to speak to the community in different groups and varieties of groups, mm. and it, it, it's not so hard to weave that sort of thing 
into a into a presentation. My presentations, uh, I'm happy to say, and I'm sure some of the community are happy to say, are brief. Mm. I, I don't I don't prattle on for hours. But uh, if I've got uh, six minutes to spend, thirty seconds of that could be just making people aware that there is this bushfire resilience. Absolutely, one hundred and one. Yeah, one hundred and one. And thank you for joining us here at Kiama Community Radio. And I am. I am joined this morning by Neil Riley, and uh, we're chatting about the environment. And um, we've just talked about Bushfire App, and we're going to have a little marketing plan for the Bushfire App. Absolutely. Together with KCR, because we think it's important. How good is that? And uh, my next question is the local environment plan. Now, I did look it up, and we did have one in 2011, but I don't see one since then. So what's, what's the plan for the local environment? The plan for the local environment plan. Look, yeah. the local environment plan is uh, was released uh, uh, in 2011. You've got to consider that maybe two years' work went into that. Yeah. So maybe 2009 would be more realistic. And since then, we have added bits on, and it started to look a little bit like Frankenstein. Mm. There's been bits stitched onto it and so on. And this is the primary black letter law uh, planning instrument for council. Council develops it, then council puts it to the state government and then council implements it. It's a really, really big deal and it does take maybe one or two years to put together. Because of the issues that we have been facing, uh, the local environment plan has, uh, has had many many additions to it it's been changed we've changed it the state government have changed it and it just needs to be totally reviewed and totally looked at uh, with a new light the world has changed since that uh, document was produced Uh, we've got uh, new technology we've got new building techniques we've got new environmental uh, awareness uh, the 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 climate has changed more than the environmental plan has changed. So uh, I, we will set the wheels in motion, I would say, in, in, in the next six months or so. Uh, we have um, council elections in uh, September of next year, uh, and then the planning needs to get underway seriously. I mean, for a start, this council term has only been two years and nine months, and that's short. You really do need four years. I mean, we haven't even gone three, and we'll we'll mm. run out of out of term. Um, so, for the local environment plan, I think that that uh, the next uh, four years following September will be crucial in the development of that. We talk about. The, the use of land and how we how we zone the land. There are new zonings that are, are, are coming into place. There are new ways of uh, agriculture that need to be looked at. Uh, you know, smaller, uh, uh, more uh, more intense uh, agriculture on our uh, on our areas. There uh, there needs to be employment land, and I'm not talking about like heavy duty industrial iron foundry kind of stuff. I'm talking about. Um, Areas like uh, 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 nurseries, 
that sort of thing, where we can do a lot of uh, a lot of small and intense uh, agriculture variety. I think is the name of the game. Mm. Uh, we need to talk about um, light industrial use and how we can do that most effectively, and where does it need to go, and what do we need? We need to look at the employment uh, figures of the future. We need to look at how we're going to do the green. Um, the greening of our um, our urban areas. I mentioned about shade. It's crucial. It's crucial to keep the temperatures down. We're going to see those temperatures creep up and up and up. And if we've got good shade trees, uh, we'll be we'll be uh, in a much better position. And did you say that the planning for that doesn't start until next September? No, no, no. Uh, what I'm saying is that we will start the ball rolling in about six months' time, mm. and that uh, you know that'll that'll place us sometime uh, in uh, in May, perhaps, and we will mm. start to get get things together. Um, you know, we 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 need to have a uh, a plan for the plan, mm. and uh, I think that uh, when the uh, the new council comes in, that 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 will be uh, their focus, which is a very um, I think it's an essential part of what a council does and unfortunately we haven't uh, been able to, to do it properly. I mean, even the Greens have been focusing so much on our our accounts and our finance. Mm. Uh, they, haven't, uh, they haven't really uh, sort of made too much noise about this, but now it's time and uh, I think they'll be grateful. I think every, every councillor uh, in the future will be grateful to be able to provide a plan that is workable for the community they represent. And what do you think the key priorities should be? Look, I think the the key priorities need to be well, there there's no there's no order mm. to these things. We need to uh, preserve the the native habitat. And the community strategic plan states that very clearly, doesn't it? In it the really five does. pillars. So uh, these are the things that the community want us to the, do. The community have stated very clearly what yeah. their priorities are. Yep. So I would think very much that the the environment plan needs to go alongside of that. Look, that it does. It does, and it needs to align. It doesn't need to to go alongside it. It needs to align with it. It yep. needs to be in lockstep with our community plan. Mm. Uh, I, I talked about. Um, you know, uh, habitat uh, uh, areas. Uh, we're, we're very lucky in Kayama. We don't have uh, the same geomorphology as a lot of areas around us, and we can use that to our advantage. We've got to look at flood studies. We've got to protect uh, protect uh, all of the wildlife, including people. Mm. Uh, we've got to make sure that those flood studies are not only done, but possible to be implemented you know we need to we need to look at that and that this this local environment planning needs to go right to the heart of things it it dictates how we structure our budgets it dictates how we plan our houses it dictates where we plant trees it 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 is the document that we need to put so much work into uh i know i i I sound like i'm over egging the whole thing but 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 in reality it's the one bit of black letter law that we can say is ours. Uh, it needs to be approved by the state government, but if we put together something that is absolutely fabulous, 
there, there won't be any chance of it being mm. sort of knocked back and rejected. And what will the process be? So there will be obviously consultation in the way that you... There will be the... very, very deep consultation. Mm. Um, uh, we've got uh, some consultation already done in the uh, community strategic plan. Yeah. And, and that's very important. But we want to build on that. And uh, I think that was done well. And I think uh, in that... Uh, in those first stages, that's that's what we need to do. We need so to talk to the people. So we now need to be specific about how we adhere to those five pillars. Say again, we we need to be specific in terms of the the environmental plan. They, they need to with. they need to inform everything that the local yeah. environment plan does. It's as simple as that. Great. I'm chatting with our mayor, Neil Riley, and we're talking about the environment. And um, Neil, I know this isn't your bag, but I quite like to talk about uh, the hospital, the new hospital, and the impact on the Minamara River as we are talking just now about the environment. And I know it's not your area, but it does flow into our area, that river. And um, I have read some concerning news about the impact that it could have on the river um so that new hospital construction um the friends of the minimara river are really concerned about it currently um and the controlled release of drainage water into the river from that new site um have we received any updates or reports from the new south wales government regarding the proposed um, impact on the environment. Okay, it's it's not my bag. It's not your bag. I in know. as much as I don't, uh, uh, I'm not con- consulted. Yeah, and it's not in our area. However, I am sick and tired of the state government mm. walking over their colleagues in local government imposing rules as they see fit and uh making uh making decisions that have a that have the potential to be disastrous the minamara river is the dividing line in some parts between shell harbour city council and kayama municipal council we are the joint custodians of that I know that my colleague, uh, uh, the mayor over there, Chris Homer, yeah. is. Uh, we share very strong environmental values. Now, we've got a meeting on Friday, and I am going to be asking him to see how I can help to make this hospital a far better prospect than what it seems to be at the moment. Now, the information that I've got has been largely from one side, and that's the uh, the friends of the Minamara River. But I know the people that are involved in that, and they're not stupid people. They're sensible, they're far-reaching, and they're, they're very community-spirited. They don't want to deny anybody a hospital. Mm. But if we're going to spend the type of money that they're talking about with this hospital, let's do it properly. Let's do it not only to preserve people, but to preserve the environment that people need to live in. And that little river is absolutely, absolutely precious. 
not just to us but to the people of the of, of Shoalhaven, a uh, Shell Harbour rather, and anybody who comes to visit needs to look at that river. I mean, people use it. It's 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 if you like, it's a working recreational uh, mm. uh, uh, piece of natural infrastructure. But have they produced an environmental impact? Statement. Have I they, have not seen an environment. Is there an assessment statement? of what impact this this will have on the river? There, there is not a, a that I have seen. I, and I'm a little bit annoyed to be have left out of the loop of this, uh, but I have not seen an environmental impact statement or a reference of environmental uh, effects. Uh, because it's a legally protected environment and threatened species. So I don't understand why they can't, why they, they don't have already um, an impact statement about what it will mean for that river. It, it, it is, look, it's, it's a requirement that mm. it's done. And there's a reason for that. It's because it's necessary for all of us to preserve the character and the, uh, the utility of that, that pristine little mm. river. It's only a little river and it doesn't take much to upset it. So let's just start start by following the rules. Now, look, I, I have I have great faith in the state government, but by the same token, sometimes the the need to become Bob the Builder overcomes the need to be Eddie the Environmentalist, mm. uh, and and what they need to do, I think, is 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 more broadly consult. Let's not just drop it on the people. Um, I mean, we're talking about people who do their bidding at a local level. We are an extension of the state government. It's our job to do the things they can't possibly do at a local level. What can we do moving forward to maybe question this? How do you see? What's the process? You know, from from our level in in our we local have, uh, council, how can we? We have in the Illawarra a uh, a a the minister for the Illawarra. Mm. Uh, this is really and truly the very heart, the very heart. That river flows through the heart of uh, of the Illawarra, mm. uh, and uh, that is uh, Ryan Park. Now he's a decent person. I know that for a fact. I've known him for years. Uh, I'd like to see him, and he is also, interestingly, the Minister for Health. Mm. So, I, I'd, I'd like to hear from, uh, from from Minister Ryan Park what's what's going on. Uh, I'd like to see a briefing. I'd like to see him come along to the Illawarra Shoalhaven Joint Organisation and let us know what's going on. Uh, because if all we're hearing is from one side, mm. the suspicion is that that uh, those that are going to create this thing haven't really gone to the necessary lengths to make sure that the community is involved. Well, we'd love to hear back from him. Absolutely. And see what the score is. That yeah. So, um, Neil, Neil Riley, uh, the Climate Network, the city. I, I feel like I'm on yeah. questions. Uh, well, the thing is, I have. Your well, first question. No, I. <laughs> I need to. That's because I have to set up people who um, who I'm talking to. That's sorry. all right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I keep repeating your name. Um, the city's power partnership. We are members. Yes. What does it mean for us? Look, uh, it means we're a um, we're part of a group uh, that that are making significant strides to make the world and our area uh, 
cleaner, safer and better for the future. Being a member of that, we, we get to share knowledge. You know, look, no one knows everything. Yeah. Uh, here in uh, in Kiama, we have some uh, some brilliant people, uh, but again, we, we we don't know everything. And so, from all of the resources that they've got in their their knowledge hubs, uh, they have monthly webinars. They they share information. Mm. One council may find we did this and it didn't work. We we did this and it did work, and we can we can talk about that. So it it, it the other thing I guess leading on from that. It fosters collaboration. It's no good if you act in splendid isolation. Mm. You know, like we, I, I, I want to have more of our fleet uh, electrified. Uh, and as the, the leader of the council, um, I've taken that first step and I've insisted uh, on, on having a, a, a car that is powered exclusively by electricity. And let me tell you, it works like a treat, mm. an absolute treat. I went... Uh, uh, on the weekend, on Saturday afternoon, I, I plugged it into just a, a 240 power volt uh, voltage power outlet. Uh, it was full by yesterday morning. I was able to drive. I had 500 kilometres. Uh, I was able to drive up to Sydney and come back, and I've got plenty of power left. And I want to share that story with others. So there's a bit of collaboration. And what it does too, it accelerates uh, initiatives to do with climate change adaption and mitigation um you know they they really welcome little councils from 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 outlying areas mm. uh and i know from my um experience with the country mayors association so many of them are part of the uh, influential sort of network um and and you're not alone there's 123 councils i i think 123 involved of all sizes, like yeah. Western Sydney has just joined uh, the National Climate Network. Mm. Um, uh, Bank Australia uh, uh, are, are associating with it. Uh, there are there are recognition. We like to look. The best way to to and I find, <laughs> I wish I was a little bit more successful with it, with weight loss. But the idea is to celebrate small victories, and we do that in that. Uh, Cities Power Partnership, we have have uh, climate award winners and we celebrate those small victories and it's those small victories that add up to the big victory in the end. And I guess it's networking, isn't it? And it's, it's learning from each other. I mean, there must be great successes that you can bring home and, and look, use here. Next week, uh, I'm going up to Newcastle. Um, all of the coastal councils in uh, in New South Wales are going to be there. Uh, we're going to say, hey, what works on your sort of southeast facing beach that has, yeah. uh, you know, rocks at either end and uh, does this? They'll say, oh, we, we did a this and a we did a that. Uh, uh, we, we might have um, a natural um, uh, breakwater or something mm. like that that, that, that that works for them. Uh, and it's like Tony Robbins says, you know, look for the, look for the experts. Yeah. In those areas, well, don't try and reinvent the wheel. No, just go and look for the people who do this really well, and then bring it home. So you know, we're talking about the uh, uh, city's power partnership. We're talking about the Australian Coastal Councils Association that looks at these things nationally. We're talking about the New South Wales 
coastal summit and that's brilliant because it's 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 much more uh, it's much more local mm. and it is a much more technical thing now i go up there uh, and i have uh, colleagues in in councils up and down new south wales coast and we will collaborate so that we can cover all the different streams there's about eight different streams that you can take on mm. in those couple of days that we're together we cover them off, we sit down with each other and we plan who's going to what so that we can take notes for everybody and share it. Perfect. And that's how it needs to yeah. work. Yeah, perfect. You know, uh, there, there's so much that divides us uh, and it's useless. But those things that unite us, like these collaborations, are perfect for that sort of thing. It's a different, a, a different um, uh, conference to the Australian Coastal Councils. Australian Coastal Council looks a, a, a lot at um, policy and, and, and getting the federal government to, to recognise that just because there's a border between states, mm. the ocean doesn't recognise it. This is a much more technical thing. And uh, I, I, last time that uh, I attended this thing was quite some years ago, but uh, there was staff from all the councils there, the experts. Uh, we have um, uh, uh, a lot of people from CSIRO there. We have people from all of the universities uh, in New South Wales, we can we can listen and we can learn and we can ask questions and that's the secret: asking the questions. And when you ask the questions, you not only get an answer, you get a hint as to what to do with that answer, mm. and that's the secret. And I guess the monitoring and evaluation of the success of that is: what have you gained from those interactions, and what have we brought back to the Caramel GA as a result? Yeah, look, there are there are a number of things that we do, and I uh, one of the things is that uh, the uh, the 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 netting that people used to think would keep sharks out, and really all it did was catch catch mm. dolphins. I mean, fishing nets catch fish, you know. Uh, we do that a different way now. We've got those uh, uh, shark uh, detectors, and and they 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 it, it, it's really state of the art stuff. It tells you if there is a shark in the area. Uh, it uh, it allows a, a local person, if there is a shark, to to go out and and, and tag that shark. We, so then we know where it's going to next, and we can follow that sort of thing. Oh. It's uh, and, and that was pretty much a New South Wales uh, initiative. Um, there are things that we can do, not only for the actual. There, there's 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 the ocean, and there's the interface between the ocean. And then there's the, the the living bit. That's that's where coastal towns need to start protecting their character. Now we've done this for the last I don't know as long as I've been on council since 2008. We have tried to protect the the, the character of our town. Uh, it's very easy to say, well, there's a lot of money to be made in tourism. Let's just concrete the lot. Let's build skyscrapers. Uh, Please not. No. No. And look. Not, I am confident that we have such a sensible community that it, it, it won't happen on my watch, it won't happen on the next mayor's watch and it won't happen in the, in the future. We have to elect people that are going to look after the character of our town as well as balance that with the need to develop it in a sensible way. I'm with Neil Riley. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so we're talking about the environment. I want to talk about Pledge One. 
installing renewable energy systems on council buildings, facilities, managed land as part of that agreement that we're all involved in now with those other councils. Can you speak to us a little bit more about that? Yes, I can. Um, Renewable energy is, is, it has a very, very high take up in our area. Uh, We all have uh, solar panels and that sort of stuff. Council buildings are going to be, uh, I think, uh, much more of a a hub for that renewable energy. Uh, I know that uh, uh, myself and and, and all councillors really want to see uh, us live up to that pledge, which is to install renewable energies, solar, uh, photovoltaic uh, and battery storage. Battery storage is really important uh, on on council buildings. And we have a lot of council buildings. We're currently doing a a survey of all of these buildings and making recommendations for their use. And one of those recommendations will be the installable, sorry, installing renewable energy and, uh, and and batteries and that sort of stuff on that uh, on that area the the renewable energy pledge also speaks to developing supportive plans and laws to encourage residents and energy uh, and, and industry to adapt to renewable energy and this goes back to the LEP where we started it's a kind yeah, of a circular it does, thing. Yeah. That's what we do. And we need to support the community facilities to access that renewable energy. So in the future, I want to look at uh, what incentives we can do mm. and how we can help sourcing grants and that sort of stuff uh, for, uh, for, for the community to get, uh, to get a hold of it. I mean, it's not cheap. It's no. not cheap initially. But same. would you have very specific targets about that or goals to increase that percentage of renewable power for council operations over time? Would it be something that you would uh, measure? It, it needs to be measured because the old saying goes, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. No. We've already made a council policy to seek that uh, zero uh, emissions. emissions. I yeah. can hear something in my headphones. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like those saltwater people. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, we, we certainly do need to set those goals. And those goals, as I said, these will be the lead up to our LEP. We'll probably start setting those goals within the next six months and that will, um, that, that will help uh, inform us as to how the, the, the shape of the LEP is. Um, and, and we can, you know, there's all sorts of uh, incentives that we can, we can put in place we can mm. remove the barriers to uh, encourage local businesses businesses yeah yeah social power mm. uh you know we, we've now got a council policy that we're going to encourage business to um uh, to install uh recharge you know charges for um, electric cars and, uh, mm. and and that sort of thing we have now and i think that they will acknowledge it the uh Kiama and district uh, uh, Chamber of Commerce have a far better relationship with council and council with them than I have ever seen, and uh, we 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 will work well together uh, to achieve these goals, these renewable energy goals, mm. and and other goals. You know, you find that sometimes you enjoy to work together with uh, with other groups uh, in the community, and you say, mm. "Well, look, we've done this. Let's do that." Uh, Somebody asked me the other day about street lighting in Terralong Street. They said it was too dim, that it needed to, to be brighter. Um, but that's one of the things about the new LED 
lights, I noted. That yeah, look, it's, uh, the it's a hard is thing. There's a, there's a particular lady, and uh, you, your listeners may know who she is, uh, from the South Precinct, who thinks the lights are too bright. Um, I think it, it becomes a very subjective thing. Mm. We, have, um, we have to make street lights of a certain luminescence, which is, is regulated and, and a good thing too, because some people like it bright, some people like it dim. Mm. Uh, I, I think that uh, we need to just uh, follow the regulations and I think you'll find that council works very hard with the uh, uh, electricity and, uh, and utilities companies to make sure that uh, we're, uh, we're, off, we're spot on. Mm. Neil, it's 8.59. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Look, it's an absolute pleasure. And next week, I believe that you will have the pleasure of our CEO, Jane Stroud, oh, while fantastic. I'm up in Newcastle collaborating. Oh, you're going off? Oh, yes, I'm, okay. I'm up there uh, on Tuesday. So uh, uh, I've asked uh, Jane to, uh, to join us, and she's agreed to that. This podcast was produced by Kiama Community Radio.